0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number four thirty-one, and today we're going to be talking about the proven plan to win customers for life and help grow your business forever. <laughs> forever, that's right. And I'm really going to be diving into things that I have learned along the way, but also most recently by some of these experiences that I've had in my in my life. Uh, whether it's uh, putting in the new pool or uh, whether it's going to have emergency surgery for my dog Brody. And if you guys did not hear that, or if you haven't read that uh, in an email that I sent out, or maybe on my Instagram or Facebook, uh, I just wanted to kind of give you a little update there. Uh, yes, uh, I, we had a, a pretty big scare uh, with, with my dog Brody. Uh, we thought he was having seizures, and uh, come to find out, he was actually having severe neck and back pain, And uh, it would literally go into, which looked like uh, a seizure, and uh, we we panicked. And I'll give you guys the whole story because it actually led me to want to do this podcast because... It taught me, not just in that experience, also we're building a pool and you know, I've I've got a lot of different things going on there, so I'm dealing with customers, or I'm sorry, companies, and I am the customer, but I'm, I'm dealing with all these different things and it really comes down to uh, figuring out how you can win customers. And in this case, I'm being the customer and I'm gonna explain to you why it's so important to do some of the things that one of these companies did and then what not to do from another company, and I'm going to just break it down for you guys, because I think it's really, really important, Um, just to let you guys know, yes, Brody is fine, he's actually, I see him right now, he's laying down, resting, Um, he went into emergency surgery to have a ruptured disc uh, fixed, and again, I'll tell you guys about that entire story, and and why, uh, you know, it's a lesson to be learned here in business, because I am a customer for life For one of the companies that helped me in in that uh, in that issue, Uh, one of them not so much, and uh, I'll I'll kind of explain that before we do jump into all of that stuff, which I've got a whole a whole list here of stuff that I want to cover here, a couple stories I want to share with you, Um, and I, I I do believe that if you take these these lessons and you apply them to your business. Uh, I'm telling you, you will separate yourself from the competition. Like So many people are not willing to do this, and and I'll explain why a lot of times because they're afraid, Uh, but if you implement these things, which are so simple to do, and it doesn't take anything other than setting up a process and then just creating some type of flow for your business, uh, you can really, really change the way that your business is growing and also how people help you grow your company. All right, but before we jump into that, I wanted to remind you about the show notes, theamazingseller.com forward slash 431. Transcripts, show notes can all be found there, and the other thing is I want to announce something here. Um, We just recently started to offer our on-demand workshops. What does that mean? Well, for the longest time, we were only doing them live, live workshops that is, and that's where we take you through the entire process of launching a product from picking a product, sourcing a product, doing a launch, doing promotions, all of that stuff. We do that inside of that workshop. I had so many people say that they could not attend, the hours didn't work right for them, or different, you know, different time zones, all of that stuff, people from around the world. So we decided to take one of our top workshops and make it available on demand. And uh, you can uh, you can register for that or pick a date that works for you now by heading over to the amazing forward slash workshop. Now, keep this in mind if we are doing an upcoming live one. You can just go to that same link and you'll see the live one that we're doing if we're doing a live one if not you're going to see the on-demand workshop there and you can pick a date and you can go ahead and watch that and uh really just doing this because a lot of people like i said email me and say scott darn it i missed it i wanted to see it at this time and i know you offered a replay short for a short time but uh, i wanted to be able to to uh, go through that workshop so now we've made it so you can actually go and select a time a date and you can go ahead and watch it at your convenience and attend and actually also go through that live Q&A that we did and and uh, really uh, learn from all of those questions that we receive during those live sessions. So we do have live ones that we're still doing, but we also have the on-demand and uh, those are there for you to be able to go through and enjoy and be able to take action now because I'm always talking about taking action, but I don't want to make you wait two weeks or a month for our next workshop. So that's why we're doing it, and hopefully you guys are gonna go check that out and get a ton of value. All right, so theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Go check it out. All right, so let's dive into some of these stories that I wanna share with you. And these stories to me are so valuable because I'm gonna break down exactly what happened, but then also we'll get some takeaways here. So let me just dive right into the pool story. All right, so my wife and I decided to, uh, to do an in-ground pool. We never thought that we were going to do this, but we kind of wanted to, but we we're just like, eh, I don't know if we want to. And we're not even sure if our yard would allow it and all that stuff. So long story short, uh, we talked about it, and we said, you know what? Let's do it. We think that we're going to be here for a good while, and uh, let's just go ahead and and do a pool. Like, let's do it, do an in-ground pool, and uh, and let's just start that process. So we started the process. We had to go through a bunch of a bunch of uh, legal stuff as far as with our HOA, and are they going to approve it. it? We're not able to put it in our backyard. We got to put it on our side yard, and all of that stuff. But anyway, I'm not going to bore you with all those details. But we finally got the green light. And they said, yeah, no problem. Go ahead and do it. This is what you have to do though. You got to put a fence up in front of it. And of course you got to put it around it, but you got to put it in front of it with some shrubs. So it kind of blocks it from the road, whatever. We'll take care of that. No problem. So we start contacting pool companies. Well, I soon found out that you would call pool companies and you wouldn't get a call back or you wouldn't get to talk to someone. You would get maybe a secretary, but then you would never hear back. So that's rule number one. You have to contact people back or you need to pick up the phone. All right. Another little side story here is uh, I was looking to get my uh, my driveway done. Uh, I wanted to get not not redone, but I wanted to get it like pressure washed. I couldn't get a hold of a pressure washing guy. I couldn't. I, I called people that were running ads in in these coupon books for like eight hundred bucks. I know how much they cost: eight hundred dollars, thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars for a full page. And I would call and I would get an answering machine, or I would get nothing. I would get zip. I'd get almost sound like a fax number. So it just blows me away that people aren't answering their phone. So number one, answer your phone, answer your emails, like period. Like that's, that's rule number one. All right. Um, So that's a little takeaway there for you. So. Finally got a hold of like four different companies. And uh, you know, some of them came out and some actually said, Well, we can come out, but we're gonna charge you a hundred dollars to come out. So then I was like, Well, wait a minute here. I haven't even why are you why are you charging me to come, you know? But anyway, whatever, you know, that's their business model, whatever. Good, you know, good for them. But what I did was I, I had four companies come out. And out of those four companies, uh, one guy was really nice, but I didn't really think he knew his stuff. So again, if you're going to sell stuff, you got to know what you're selling and you got to, you know, you got to be able to answer the questions and not say, well, let me go check on that. You need to, you need to kind of know that stuff. But to kind of fast forward, I I narrowed it down to this one guy. I liked him. He knew what he was talking about. He came up with a pretty nice design. He was willing to go back and forth with us a little bit. And then, uh, he kind of, you know, handed it off to us and said, here's going to be the price, you know, uh, what do you think? And he was trying to put a little bit of pressure on me and, you know, I know about sales and stuff. And I says to him, I says, uh, give us, uh, you know, 24 hours to talk about it. My wife and I want to talk about it. So we did. And then he called right back the next day and he's like, Hey, just call him back. So to make sure, you know, any questions I can answer for you. No problem. So we ended up going with with that company, okay? Because the salesman sold me, okay? Good guy, liked the guy. We talked, again, he did a good job too. He came in. We talked about baseball, his son's in baseball. You know, we had good stories to share. And that's salesmanship 101 is like, get to know the person you're selling to, make them feel as though you're interested in, in them, not just selling them something. And he genuinely did. And I genuinely wanted to share and all that stuff. So went with him great. No, you know, he would answer my texts back and forth if I had any questions. So we signed on the dotted line. We gave a deposit. We're ready to go. And now all we're waiting for is the permit to be pulled. So I kind of texted him and he didn't respond for a few hours. And then he said, oh, sorry, busy with a customer. No problem. And then finally he you know contacted me back. I said, hey, we haven't heard anything on the permit. And he said, well, let me check on that. So he checks and he goes, yeah, yeah, it's been submitted, but uh, uh, you know, it may take a few days. No problem. So we waited a few days, didn't hear anything. I texted him, didn't get a response at all. So I said, okay, that's kind of strange. Let me just call their office because they have someone in there that just does permit stuff. So I call, or my wife calls, and she gets the secretary, and the secretary on the phone uh, basically sounded miserable. Like, okay, again, here's here's rule number two. Don't have someone answer your phone that shouldn't be answering phones or don't let someone answer an email that doesn't sound friendly. Like do not do that. Like I, it blows me away when I go to get coffee and you go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or any coffee shop or any business for that matter and people are like, hey, can I take your order, please? You're like, no, 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 no. Like let's let's back up here. You know, hey, welcome to Dunkin' Donuts. How can I take your order today? Like that's it. Like upbeat. Hey, happy to, happy to greet you today. Happy to serve you today, Right. So anyway she was she was just annoyed that we're calling and my wife's like you know um, just calling about the you know the permit just wondering where that was uh, let me check so then she checks comes back you know well you know it's uh, I'm not seeing it right now so it must mean it's not ready yet we'll call you when it is and my wife says you know this is our first, time talking to you. My, my wife called her out. My, my, my wife is really, really nice, but you do not want to get on that other side of her, especially when you're paying a lot of money for something. And she says, you know, you know, it sounds like you are really, really upset and you're really not happy with your job. And the lady said, well, what do you mean by that? And then she said, well, I call and I'm all I'm asking is a simple question. And I'm, I'm, you know, this is our first time dealing with you guys. I would think that you would kind of like want to make us happy and and also want to sound as though you're excited for us we're, we're buying a pool we haven't even started yet and uh, and she's oh no no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you know so then she she kind of apologized lightly but whatever so that was our first taste right So my wife's like, this is our first experience our first little hiccup and boom we already got an issue so not feeling good about it. So a little bit of time goes on we get the permit. Now they say we're going to have our dig date. Well, they don't give us a date, but they go ahead and say that it's on the schedule. Okay, well, we want to know what it's on the schedule. So now I text my salesman again. Now, I soon found out that as soon as the salesman sells the job and signs it, it's handed off to someone else in their office. Now, this was not said, Scott, this is, uh, you know, now it's going to be in Tim's hands and uh, and uh, now he, you're going to be the one communicating with him. Like that was not said, right? So Again, communication problem. If you guys do not communicate with your customers, you are going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. Trust me, picking up the phone, answering emails, if they have a question, any of that stuff. I know this stuff seems super basic, but so many companies are not doing it and I'm blown away by it. Blown away. Uh, I, I mean, I, I truly am. If if I could go into a company and say, even this company, this, this pool company, I could go in there and probably consult with them and turn their business to where they're doing 75 pools to doing 150 pools if they would just do this. But maybe they don't want 150 pools. Maybe they're happy with doing the 75 pools. I don't know. All right. It just seems like they don't want that extra business because they're not doing it properly and they got too many hands in the mix. So anyway, we figure out who we're supposed to be dealing with. So I call Tim and I'm like, uh, you know, hey, Tim, just want to know, like, where are we on... On, on the schedule. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, 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 let me just back up a minute here. That's that, that's not right. That's not what happened. What happened was we called the office, talked to Grumpy, uh, the secretary. She handed us off, off to the person that schedules. So now they got someone that just schedules. And then the scheduler said, let me look. Um, I, I'm reaching out to Mike, who is actually the head general contractor kind of for the pool build. And uh, And so then from there, uh, you know, we, we've noticed now that we've got like this guy, Jim, who does the scheduling. We've got this other guy, uh, Mike who handles all of the subcontractors, but then there's a guy underneath him. His name is Tim that actually does all of the going out to the job site and really running the cruise. So there's this Mike guy that I don't even know why he's there. All right. Like again, like what does he do? Uh, that's a whole nother story. And I'll tell you why I've got a little bad taste in my, my mouth about him. But so I we get on with Jim and Jim kind of got frustrated with us because we're saying like, well, can't you just let us know when we're going to have a dig date? Like, you know, it's been two weeks and we don't even have a dig date yet. And you guys are kind of leaving us up in limbo. And he's like, he's like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to call you at 12 o'clock at night? Like, that's exactly what he said to my wife. Now, my, my wife's on speaker. I'm there. Now I said, listen, Jim. Number one, that's no way to speak to a customer. Number two, all we're asking is is for some communication. If you don't hear anything, we still want to call back to say, listen, I haven't heard anything yet. I'm still trying. We want to know that you're still trying. We don't want silence. So then he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hand you off to Mike. So now we meet Mike for the first time. Mike gets on. Hello, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, we we told him the whole story. He's like, I'm not really sure what you want me to tell you. All I can tell you is we've submitted it and we haven't heard back yet. You want us to, you know, want us to call you tomorrow? I mean, I don't know what you want us to do. This is basically what these guys are saying. We have not even dug yet. We haven't even put the backhoe in the ground. We haven't even put the first scoop or we haven't taken the first scoop out. Haven't even gotten to that point. So now I'm really annoyed. I'm really frustrated. And I says to him, I says, listen, Mike, I want to ask you something. This is the first time you've ever talked to me. First time ever talked to me. And we've, we're already having the, these hiccups. Does it normally get better or does it normally get worse when you starts like this? And this is, a, this is exactly what he said to me. He goes, to be honest, it generally gets worse. <laughs> he literally said to me, it generally gets worse. Now, wouldn't you think that he would say, hey, Mr. Volker, I just want to apologize. Yes, I'm. You know, we we should have communicated with that a little bit better. Um, I'm going to do my best to get you an answer by the end of the day. But if I don't, I will definitely call you in the morning just to give you an update. Is that cool? Is that okay? Can I do that for you, Scott? I'd really, really, um, you know, want to get this taken care of before, you know, for you. So I'm going to go out and try to make some phone calls. But he did not do that. He basically just was annoyed and said, "What do you want us to do? Call you if we don't have any information? Why would I do that? Why would I waste the time?" That's basically what he was saying. So already he was annoyed. I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to need you to do. I need you to get in touch with my salesman, have him actually call me back because I think I'm going to cancel this deal. It's exactly what I said. So from there, I instantly got a phone call from the salesman. Why? Because he's paid on commission. So now he calls me. Scott, what's going on? Well, number one, you didn't call me back. You didn't answer my text. Oh, oh, sorry. You know, I've, I've just been really super busy and yada you, you weren't too busy when I was going to sign the, the deal. Right. You, when you were collecting the check, you weren't too busy there. Okay. So, you know, and I said that to him and he goes, yeah, I, I know. I know that's, that's my bad. I should have, but, but what's the problem here? I mean, I got, and this is what he said too. I got a lot of time, you know, uh, in, you know, invested in, 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 doing your plans. And I go, I understand that, but I've got a lot of money going into this thing, buddy. And I got a lot of money going into this thing. And you're basically just handing me off to these guys which these guys are really not communicating with each other. And I can't even get a dig date. And he goes, oh, your dig date? Oh, I can find that for you. Oh, you're scheduled for next Tuesday. So all of this didn't have to happen if they were all on the same page and if, number one, they were nicer in that process. So now, the day that we're going to come out and start painting where the pool is going to go, Mr. Mike shows up cocky Mike. He's a cocky guy too. He's one of those guys. If you've ever had a building inspector and I'm from the building world. So anyone out there that's in the construction field or deals with inspectors or anything, you can get some that are really cool. And you get some that they wear this thing like a badge and they just want to enforce and they want to, they want to show you that they got power and, and they want to just be, you know, they they want to be not nice, right? They, they want to just go out there and show their authority, really pump their chest, right? So he comes out chewing his gum, you know, so imagine this guy comes up, got his cap on, he's got his uh, his, his shorts on with, you know, his Dickie shorts, uh, you know, construction shorts, kind of like, but he's a neat, he doesn't get dirty. He's just a neat looking guy. Uh, you know, he's got his, uh, his boots on with his socks just above it. You guys can get the visual, right? Chewing his gum. Might have even had a toothpick hanging out of his mouth and he shows up and he starts walking the property and he starts asking questions to Jeff, the guy that sold me the job. So now I'm sitting out there and he's not even really paying attention. to me. He's asking Jeff all these questions. He's not talking to me. He's talking to him. I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over here, you know? So anyway, we get out there and he's trying to find a way that it doesn't make sense to put the pool where they wanted to put it. So number one, I sat there right to him and I says, I go, Mike, like, do you really, do you want to sell this job or do you, do you want to do this job? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why are you saying that? I'm like, cause you haven't even addressed me while I'm here. Like you haven't even addressed me. And so then he goes and kind of, goes, you know, he didn't really say much. He, you know, just said, Oh no, no, I didn't, I didn't mean that. He tried to turn it around, but the guy can't even be nice if he wanted to. So he went down made a phone call about something else. And I says to the other guy, Tim, who's below him, who actually does all of his work, who, which really, I don't think that guy, Mike even needs to be there. Cause Tim does all the work anyway. And I said to Tim, I go, Tim, I, you know, nice to meet you and all, but you know, if I got to deal with that guy, I don't want to do the deal. And he goes, let me just tell you right now, you're going to be dealing with me. Any, any questions you have, you deal with me. Don't worry. And you're right. You know, technically people shouldn't talk to him. I don't know why he's here. He shouldn't talk to customers. At his last job, he was, uh, you know, got in trouble for the way he talked to customers. So I don't know why this company would even hire him. I don't, maybe they are friends of the family. I don't know. Okay. But <laughs> this guy should not be talking to customers. Same thing in a restaurant business. If you're in a restaurant business, you have a greeter, and that greeter that's seating people is not happy and bubbly and and welcoming. Do not have them wait on people. Have them in the back doing dishes or prep, okay? It's just one-on-one business, guys, one-on-one. So anyway, I'm going to wrap up the story because I want to go on. There's a lot of other details too, but I'm just going to kind of get to the, the nuts and bolts here just so you guys can have some takeaways, but... I went ahead and I, you know, I said, "Okay, Tim, that sounds great." You know, and then Tim has been phenomenal. Tim has been phenomenal. If anyone should get a promotion, it should be Tim. Tim should be the lead guy. Mike should be fired, and um, Jeff should have uh, my salesman. He should have uh, someone teach him more about customer uh, experience, customer journey to where he would make a phone call. I have not talked to him in over eight weeks since we started this project, and that's no-no number one for him. He needs to contact me a week and a half after they maybe they dug. Hey, Scott, just checking in. How's everything going? It's going pretty good, or maybe it's not going so good because of this. Let me make a phone call. I'm going to make sure that that's good for you because we want to make sure that you are totally happy and satisfied or any of your questions are addressed. He did not do that. He's out there just selling, 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 selling. Okay. But what he doesn't realize is that I am someone that you want to be happy because even though you took my check and you cashed it, I'm going to be telling every single person about this. And yes, I'm not, I'm not exploiting their company right now publicly with you guys. I'm not going to say like, if you guys live in South Carolina, North Carolina, don't use this company. I'm not saying that I could, but I'm not. Uh, but Uh, You know, I'm going to tell everyone, I've already told probably 12 to 15 people that I come across and they ask, who's doing the pool? Are you happy? No, I'm not happy with them. And here's why. Boom, 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 boom. I start listing them out. It's so fresh for me that when I hear about this, I kind of cringe a little bit and I can't wait to tell people about it, right? Because the thing is, it's like this all could have been resolved or this all could have been better if they just would have communicated better and had a better attitude, like, that's all they needed. The workmanship has been okay. You know, there's been a couple of issues here and there, but they took care of them, right? And the reason why they took care of them is because I got with Tim. Tim's the guy that makes sure that all the subcontractors do the right jobs. Or if there's something wrong, he gets them to come back to fix it. All of that stuff. So he's like the guy that makes everything happen. The salesman sells it. The I guess the permit guy, that's all he does is submit permits all day. Then he shouldn't be talking to people. Okay? Mike? No idea what that guy does. Zero. I, I would sit down with that company and I would say, I want to know what everyone does here. And I want to know what that guy does right there. Because that guy right there is costing you, let's say he's costing you $100,000 a year. That's a that's $100,000 you can put in your pocket or in the company's pocket. Get rid of that guy. You don't need the guy. There, there's no reason for him to be here. <laughs> all right? So, all right, I'm not going to go on too much of a rant with Mike. Not a fan of Mike. Uh, and I'm sure he doesn't listen to the podcast, but if he did... Um, I would definitely sit down with him and I would tell him exactly what I'm telling you guys because I'm not happy with him. And I can't wait. I guess we're supposed to sit down with like the owner, which again, that's another rule. You should talk to the owner. The owner should be able to call. Hey, how's the experience so far? How's everything going? They're not calling because they don't want to hear. They just want to sell the next pool. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like people could do so much better in business if they'd focus more on the people that they currently have making them happy to spread the word. All right, so this turned into a little bit of a rant. I apologize, but I hope that you can see with all of these little things, you really, really can change the game in your business because so many people are doing it this way and it's the wrong way. They're just looking about selling the next job, selling the next job or selling the next product, selling the next product. Take care of the ones you have. They will help bring more customers. Okay, so here's what it looked like for me. The salesman sold me, then disappeared. Don't disappear. Okay. And the problems were from day one and it went with the permit lady with the late, you know, she was short and rude with my wife. Uh, communication was bad on the dig and then it, it continues to be bad. Uh, unless I call, which now I've been just calling Tim about every day and I literally call him. I'm like, Hey buddy, it's your best friend, Scott. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going. All right. And he tells me about internal problems and stuff inside of the business, lack of communications, like all of this stuff. And you know, it's frustrating for him because there's nothing he can do about it. Right. I mean, it's just, he's one guy. Uh, but attitude when asking questions, I got so much attitude, you know, why? Like why give attitude? I understand you might be understaffed. That's not my problem, but I'm a customer. I don't deserve attitude. All right? And um, again, just you, you have to realize that when you're dealing with a company of this size, it can be run smoother. But a lot of times it gets out of control. So when you think to yourself, I want to scale and I want to sell more products, I want to get to a bigger level. Think about this stuff, because if you went from from like a single person running a business to 12 people, you're going to have problems unless you have a process in place and you need to you need to have almost like your company policy on how your customer's journey will be map out that customer journey. And really, it should be even with the salesman. Part of your job as a salesman is to sell the job and then to follow up a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, four weeks later, and so on. Like that should be in that process. All right. So anyway, that's that. All right, I didn't plan on going that long on the pool story, but that's that, and I'll kind of keep you posted on the on the uh, on the latest uh, of that saga uh, because uh, we're not completely done yet. It's been about ten weeks, and we're just wrapping up now. And today, the plaster guys are supposed to be coming as I'm recording here, so we'll see. Um, all right, let's jump into uh, this one here, okay? And this is a good story. This is a happy story uh, for the most part um, because. Part of it was of one of the businesses I dealt with was not so good, but the one did really good. And this is about Brody. Uh, recently, um, if you guys follow my emails that I send out or uh, maybe it's the F- Facebook post or wherever, Instagram, I posted about this. But we had a really big scare with Brody. Uh, he, uh, he, we thought he was having seizures and it ended up that he wasn't having seizures. He was having severe severe back and neck pain. Um, he had a ruptured disc that we didn't know about. We we immediately rushed him before we knew this. We thought he was having seizures. We rushed him that day to my wife did actually and called me. Rushed him to a uh, a vet local vet and they didn't have any space. They didn't even have any anybody on staff that could help him. So they asked us to go to the emergency center. Um, we started actually going that way and then i said to my wife i go did, did you feed him lunch and she goes oh my gosh like i don't think i did and i'm thinking maybe he's weak maybe he's having like a reaction to that let's get some food in him and see if that helps so we did and it did kind of help for the time being the following morning woke up he seemed a little sluggish and then all of a sudden boom it was like he had one of those seizure things again and what it seemed like it seemed like he was like he would lay almost flat and like lock up and and literally just shake and um it was scary and uh, so, anyway, we picked them up. We rushed them to our local vet, a different local vet, not that far from us. And they got us in immediately, like seven o'clock in the morning. um, Seen us right away. It was an emergency call, and um, the vet, you know, looked at everything. All his vitals were great. Um, He wasn't having a seizure at this time, or that we thought he wasn't having one of those spells. But um, he was, you know, he wasn't himself. And so she goes, "I do notice though that when I take his neck and I move it to the one side, he resists a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit." She goes, "I'm thinking it could be something in the brain that could be, it could be, um, you know, epilepsy. It It could be something like that." So I, I think we should have an MRI done, and from there, they can tell a little bit more of what's going on, there's a, there's a, um, uh, emergency hospital, that's about 30 minutes away, I would take him there, I can see if they got someone on staff, and we can get him in right away, I said, perfect, so we checked out, I mean, and these guys were so phenomenal, so friendly, the vet, uh, was, was so friendly, but then they had, like, uh, one of the vet, the vet's assistants come in, and she was rubbing his head, and talking to him, and just really, they cared, they truly cared, and it showed. It showed so much through just their actions. All right, so we're getting ready to check out, and they got us all lined up with the appointment. We're getting ready to go, and I had to pay the bill. And I'm thinking to myself, it's gonna be a hundred bucks at least. It's an emergency visit, right? It was fifty-four bucks. So I'm like, holy crap, that's pretty good. So we thanked them. They they said, you know, let us know how everything goes. You know, we'll we'll, we'll check in with you later. But just good luck, and you know, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be great. Just you know, you just got to get that MRI done. We're like, okay, so. We rush them up to the emergency room. We go in. This is a bigger place now. This is a bigger place, busy. We go in. It's pretty organized though. They got you know people on the on the front of the of the uh, of the waiting room area that are taking people in, and then they have a checkout area where they take you know when you're picking up your dog or if you're leaving. Um, so two different areas. They got like a you know kind of like a you know welcoming you in and then you know taking all your information and getting you set up, and then the other one is kind of like out the door, right? So two different types of, uh, of checkouts or check-ins, checkouts, whatever you want to call it. So different people, right? there's like three people on the front, three people on the back. And I'll tell you why that's important here in a second. So we, uh, we're out there in the waiting room. We get ourselves stuff, stuff all filled out, checked out and everything. And then he started to have like one of those fits again. So they looked over at us and we kind of signaled them and they go, you know, is he having one? And we said, yeah. So they immediately came out, picked them right up. They were great. You know, picked them right up, brought them in the back room. And then about 10 minutes goes by, they said, come on in. We went in and they said, we got him in the back and everything. And, um, you know, what we seen didn't look like it was a seizure. And then they started going through, like, what, what did you see? What were the signs? And we, we told them everything and they go, yeah, we don't think it's a seizure. Sometimes what we see is is severe back pain or neck pain. And it seems like his neck is bothering him. In a sense, And we're like, wow, really? And then we started to put things together. We remember like maybe a month and a half, two months ago, he had a little bit of a limp and we didn't know why. We didn't know if he tripped on something, did whatever. He had a little bit of a limp and, you know, we didn't think nothing of it. He, you know, not terrible. It was just like a little bit of a limp, but then it went away. And then uh, once or twice, my son picked him up, just picked him up. Said, hey, buddy, what's going on? And, and he yelped. And, and we're like, oh, that's kind of strange. You know, what did I do? Didn't do anything. So then it started to make sense that he must have had some back pain, but not severe at that time, right? It was kind of like something that was probably nagging at him. And then now it just kind of, you know, it got worse, which it did. Um, they go, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a, uh, an MRI. And then from there, if we see that it's a ruptured disc or some other type of, of issue in the back or the neck we're going to want to probably immediately operate on. And we're like, okay, that's what we're going to have to do then, you know? And, oh, by the way, you know, the cost is going to be between five and $6,000. Holy crap. Right. But it's, it's my kid, right? Like I'm not going to not do that. Uh, So I'm fortunate enough that it didn't phase me. I'm like, okay, whatever we got to do, let's do it. So, uh, they said it was going to take about an hour. So my wife and I went over, got a coffee, um, you know, just kind of talking and, and all that stuff. And, you know, we're, we're upset. Uh, we had some tears and, you know, we had some emotions going and everything. So we just love that, that dog so much. Um, and, uh, and then we get a phone call and they said, yep, confirmed. Uh, you know, we ran the MRI and, uh, sure enough, it's a ruptured disc and the way that they explain it to us, it's like kind of like a jelly donut in between, in between your discs or in between, no, in between your vertebrae. And then that actually cushions it. And what happens is, is it kind of like the jelly kind of leaks out. It kind of, you know, kind of squishes. And then that, that, uh, that part of the, um, you know, the part of the, the disc is actually putting pressure on the spinal cord. And I looked up pictures and stuff online. I'm like, holy crap, that looks terrible. So that's what it was. So he was having all this pressure on his spinal cord um, up by the neck. So we're like, okay, you know, whatever. So you got to do what you got to do. So anyway, yeah. So we went ahead and said, go go for it. Do it, right? And they said it's going to take about an hour to an hour and a half. So we started heading home because they said he was going to probably stay for two, maybe three days because it's a major surgery. So we ended up, we ended up going, uh, going back home. Uh, we got a phone call an hour and a half later said the, the, the surgery was successful. Everything went well. He's in recovery. He's kind of doped up a little bit, but he's doing fine and he made it through. So boom, that's awesome. Great. Like we were nervous as heck. And, uh, so anyway, that it was good all kind of up to that point. Um, but then we, we got the, we got the phone call the next, or actually that night at five o'clock and they were very short very, very short. Now we just had major surgery on a child of ours in a sense, right? And you would think they'd spend a little bit more time. Okay. But they just kind of said, you know, here's what happened. Here's how he's doing. Um, you know, we'll call you tomorrow morning and we'll let you know if he can come home. And we're like, Oh, I thought you said he had to stay two days. Like, no, he can probably come home tomorrow as long as his vitals and everything are good. Okay. So we, we go through the night. Um, Oh, actually let me back up my, my wife goes, so what else did they say? And I'm like, they didn't really say much. So I said to my wife, I go, we got to call him back. So my wife calls him back, talks to the vet and we get a little bit more story, but we had to call back. So that was kind of not sitting right with us. We're kind of feeling like we're just a number. And, and it wasn't like they really were about the dog. It was about the procedure, about the money, about the business. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it was in, in the, in the vet that we took them to in the first place. But these guys are specialists. This is what they do. If he fixed, if they fix my dog, I'm cool, right? I don't, I don't need that, but it doesn't mean I'm going to recommend them to everyone either. But it's kind of like they kind of got you because there's not a ton of people that are doing this. Okay, so we we end up uh, talking to the vet. They they made us feel good about you know the procedure and what to expect and all that stuff. So now the next morning we get a call from the the main vet, the surgeon, and they they give us or he gives us all the details. He was really good actually. Um, and then, uh, but he said, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna let him go home today if you're okay with that. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, but I'm kind of thinking, you know, sounds like you probably should have kept them an extra day, but we do want them. So, okay. So we go there, we meet with them and, and, you know, it was, it was the, the surgeon and the vet and one of their assistants. And we talked to them, they asked any questions. They were really good, um, but still kind of short, to be honest with you, I thought that they would have spent a little bit more time. Here's where it gets a little not so good. We bring him home and he really shouldn't have went home. We were talking to a vet friend of ours that used to live that where we used to live in, in New York. We were really good friends with them. And they said, that's a major surgery. He should have stayed another night so they can monitor him, give him, you know, a little bit more of an extreme dose of the pain medicine because he's going to be in pain. And we found that out in the middle of the night, middle of the night, he was in extreme pain. We had to call, um, the emergency number we did and they were helpful, but really not, you know, and it just felt like there was a huge disconnect um, in from the time that he was diagnosed and the time he had a surgery to now the follow up and the after of, you know, the surgery. So we got through the night. Um, we, we really were asking if we can give him another dose of his medicine. So we didn't overdose him. And they said, yes, we did that. We, me and my wife slept on the couch with him the whole night. We were rubbing him and just comforting him, him and everything. And he got through the night and then the next day we called again and, um, And, uh, you know, they basically just reiterated, actually, let me take that back. We called our vet locally and talked to them about the story. And they told us that we could take something else. So we went in and got something else that could be taken in between the pain meds. Um, and, and again, they were really great and just, oh my gosh, just, I'm so glad that they were able to find it. I'm so glad that he's fixed and everything and, you know, keep us posted. And then literally that night, the vet themselves from that office, the, the good office, the one that we originally went to she called personally and just wanted to see how he's doing if there's anything they can do bring him in don't ever hesitate and oh uh, could you give Brody a great big hug for us here from the office uh, you know like they genuinely genuinely cared and uh, again I don't want to go into you know this this whole long story about like how awesome they are, but they really were and the thing is is they understand whether they know it or not, they understand, that we are a long time customer. So understand this, I want you guys to take this away from these stories that I've shared with you today is that you have people that might be buying your widget or your one thing, but understand that that person can talk about you and they can come back and buy from you again, whether it's you or someone else. Now, for us, I know that we're going to probably spend thousands of dollars over the course of our time here at our new location. I mean, we may be here the next 20 years, next 30 years. I don't know, but while we're here, we will be doing all of his checkups, any of his shots, anything that we have issues with or, or that we need help with as far as our pets, in this case, it's Brody right now, uh, we're gonna bring them or bring him there. So they have our business, like we are locked in, like we are totally locked in. Now the other part of that, which is gonna be like a side effect of this or a side benefit, is that we're going to tell everyone that we know about their about their business, about how good they are, how much they care about their pets? I mean, if you're a pet owner, you want to know that you're dropping off your pet or you're bringing your pet to someone that genuinely wants to help these animals. Now, I'm not saying that at the big facility that they don't want to take care of of uh, you know your your pet. They 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 do but they're so probably understaffed and they don't have the people in place to do that. So they need to get that in check and then figure that out. It's as simple as them having someone that is designated to just make phone calls on your behalf or on their behalf uh, to communicate to you and make sure that everything is okay. If you have any questions, let us know. We have still not gotten a phone call from the... the uh, the place that did the surgery, the, the hospital, we have not gotten a phone call from them other than the day after, uh, he got home. Like that was it. Like that is, is it. So it's a major, major surgery. As we were told by our friends that, that ran a veterinarian hospital, um, So, you know, I just, I think that there can be things put in place for that business that could do a better job. And I'm not sure if it's just us or if other people have felt that I'm sure that other people probably have, because it's not just us. Um, now the other thing is, and this is like another little side note, but in that facility, in that hospital facility, we actually had to go and pay, right? Well, you know, we went to the front where we initially came in and they go, no, no, you can go around to the back and that's where you'll, you'll kind of do that stuff. We're like, okay, fine. So we went back there and there was one lady back there and she basically didn't pick her head up to look at us or anything. And here we are, we just had major surgery. You know, we're, we're feeling like, you know, just stressed and just not good. And she was kind of miserable and she was like, can I help you? And we're like, you know, yeah, we're, we're here to, you know, basically settle up for, you know, Brody surgery. And, uh, and she's like, uh, okay. And you know, my, my wife says, is this where we're supposed to pay? She goes, well, you can pay wherever there's a body kind of thing. Like, like any, anyone that's here, you can, you can go to them and they can check you out. Kind of like, not just me. Why wouldn't she just say, yeah, absolutely. I can help you. And I, I hope so, so much that, that, uh, that, that Brody is doing better or that he does well or he recovers well or, oh, what kind of did he have? Oh, I see. He had backs oh, wow, that's. Like just some compassion. This lady was totally a bookkeeper type lady. So you know what? She doesn't belong out talking to people. It's the same thing with the guy in the pool company. He doesn't belong talking to people. He might be good at something, but he's not good at talking to people. So remove him from that part of his job description. Same thing with the lady here with doing the bills. Do not do not talk to people. Just collect the money some other way or do something else in the bookkeeping or data entry or Whatever not a people person. So anyway, understand that, uh, and the big takeaway here, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of stop here is understand that people that are buying from you are customers that can buy from you again, but can also tell people about you. And that is the best form of advertising that you will ever do. Okay. And it may not come today. It may come a month from now or a year from now. The other thing is these people can share you on Facebook. They can share you on Instagram. They can share you on YouTube. They can share you all over the place. Wherever they're having conversations, they're going to be talking about you. I'll give you an example. We have a, uh, it's a forum for our, our neighborhood. And I think a lot of people have, them. it's called Nextdoor site and everyone kind of has these forums in their communities. Well, that's how we find a lot of the people that do work for us or maybe a vet or whatever. We're going to go on there and rave about these, about these people. Now, The ones that are going to go on there, they're going to rave about or not rave about the people that didn't do a good job for them. They're going to do that too because they want to let people know, don't go here. They're miserable. I hate going there. They make me feel like they don't care about my pet, my animal, whatever, or my, the restaurant was terrible. They didn't, you know, they took them 40 minutes to come out and ask me what I wanted to drink. Like whatever, like that stuff there on social media now can crush your business or it can blow your business up. So just really understand there's so much power in just communicating with your customers and understanding that they can come back to you and buy again and again and again, or they can share your, their experience with other people. They can tell other people and bring more business. So simple, but so many people miss it. So many people. All right. One last quick story I'm going to share with you. And that's on a, uh, on a barbecue restaurant that we go to all the time. And this is gonna be really short, but it's going to reiterate the same thing. Um, we, we go to this one place, uh, Probably I don't know once every other week, and we love it. It's great, great barbecue restaurant. And we go in there and we we get you know greeted by you know the hostess and she sits you know she sits us down and you know very happy, great smiling, small talk, everything perfect. We go to the table, we get our, our waitress or our waiter. Every single one that we've had there so far has been awesome. Okay, so someone's running this place right right off the bat. Okay. And then from there, as we're eating, this has happened just about every time we've been there, the manager comes around and says, how was everything tonight, folks? And we usually say, awesome. Or, uh, you know, I just got to let you know, and I said this to him, I go, your waiter has been phenomenal like that person right there you need to have other people model him um and we've had other people too but this guy is really good just so personable and just likable and funny and and all that stuff and he said oh thanks so much he goes yeah we really do take a lot of pride in our waiters and waitresses uh you know and i said well and i gotta tip my hat to you i go because honestly you're coming around and asking how we are doing and if there's anything uh that they can do better whatever you want to know And he's like, yeah, I mean, I just, I think that that just builds our business better because we're we're actually showing people that we want to do right by them. And if there's something wrong, I don't want you to leave and be unhappy. I want you to leave and say there was a problem, but they fixed it and they went out of their way to fix it. But so many people don't want to ask that question because why they don't want them to say, yeah, actually my Hamburg was undercooked or my, you know, beef brisket was tough Whatever, right? They don't want to hear that, but he wants to hear it. He's welcoming that. And you know what? Out of 10 tables, he might receive one of those comments, but the nine people that they say, wow, that's pretty awesome that this guy comes around and asks how everything was or the one person that says, yeah, you know, my fries were a little, you know, old. No problem. Let me take care of that for you. Let me grab you, you know, some new ones. And you know what? Let me give you a free dessert on the house, right? Like simple stuff like that goes so far, but you know, he's doing it right and they're packed and they've got a great business going. So that's how you do it. All right. So bottom line is this, guys, I got a couple of takeaways here, actually a few. Communicate with customers. Tell them if you're going to be late uh, or maybe you're going to uh, be delayed on something. Or even if you see that you have a message come through and you can't actually answer it fully, tell them, hey, I received your, your message. I'm going to get back to you uh, tomorrow when I have more time to look into this. I um, just want to let you know that I did see it and we are working on it. Like something like that. Just let them know. Don't avoid it. Uh, a big, big, big thing there. Um, questions, if they have questions, answer them as soon as possible. Don't let that stuff sit. That's emails or questions from Amazon customers, your, your, uh, your regular emails from regular customers on maybe Shopify or your e-commerce store, but really respond as soon as possible. Address any issues as soon as possible. If they have a problem, don't question it. Don't make them jump through hoops. Just send them a new one. Like just literally send them a new thing or maybe uh, an extra coupon to say, sorry for the inconvenience. It's kind of like getting that free dessert, right? Here's the free product. We're going to give you guys another one. And we're going to give you 25% off your next purchase just because we want to make sure that you're happy, right? Like people want to know, how do I get reviews on Amazon? That's how you over deliver. All right. Um, So ask if they are happy. It's another one. And if they're not happy, fix it. And the way that you do this is you follow up with them. In your follow-up sequence, whether that's on Amazon or on your own e-commerce site, you know, ask them if they are happy and if not fix it. Hey, was everything, uh, was everything, uh, you know, okay. When you received it, was there any issues? Is there anything we can help you with? We want to make sure that you're completely happy because we, we really, uh, you know, we, we really value our customers. Like just, that's it. And you're going to be surprised at what you get back on that. Uh, and then the last thing is, is really just be nice to people and over deliver. It's really simple. Just understand that that one person that bought from you is a person and not just a number, all right? That person is someone that bought because they needed your product, they wanted your product, but now for you to go over and beyond by just even just communicating with them goes so far because most businesses aren't doing it, all right? So I know I went on a little bit of a, uh, of, a of a rant there today, a little bit of storytelling, but uh, hopefully you guys got value from this and just just to kind of let you guys know that I'm always paying attention to this stuff and you guys should be too. You guys should be grading your uh, your waiters and waitresses. And if they're doing a good job, let them know. Like recognize that stuff. Those guys love it. I had a, a girl the other day at, uh, I was at Dunkin' Donuts for the first time in a long time, and I, had a, I got a coffee, and this lady was just so awesome at the window, and she was so energetic and bubbly, and I just said to her, I said, I just got to let you know, you're doing an awesome job greeting people and getting their orders, and Dunkin' Donuts should be proud to have you as an employee, and she was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, like she was so, so happy that I let her know that I made her day. Like, so do that. Like right now, that's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to pay attention to people that you're doing business with. And I want you to also let people know that are doing an amazing job and call that stuff out. You will make someone's day. I promise you. All right. It feels pretty good. All right. So guys, reminder, the show notes, theamazingseller.com forward slash 431. And don't forget this stuff, guys. Pretty easy stuff, but really really super powerful. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.